Good day. This is John from Pennsylvania with a most tremendous British accent. And I do not listen to I Doubt It With Dolomore anymore. I don't listen to it any less either. Toodles! The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dalamore. If you can believe it, this is episode 444 of I Doubt It with Dollamore, and I am your host, Jesse Dollamore. Today, oddly enough, I am joined by my co-host, Brittany Page. Are you <laughs> are you feeling better today? Just kind of quick. What do you mean, feeling better? Well, yesterday was a bit hectic. Oh yeah, for you. So I'm. <laughs> I'm wondering if you're... Why are you bringing it up again? You're I'm, feeling better. I'm, you brought me right back down. Well... No good. Well, you haven't processed it yet, so maybe that's important. Well, I don't I don't know what my deal is. Mm-hmm. There's a lot going on inside my brain. Yeah. So, we live in Southern California, mm-hmm. but we live in Orange County where we, we're not affected by the insanity that is traffic. Okay, that's not accurate. But um, not like L.A., not like L.A. Okay, Yeah, it is different. It but is completely different no, here. No, no, no. You need to explain this in a better way. So basically for you. Thank you. Yeah, go ahead. For, explain it for me. Will do for you living in Orange County. You don't have to commute very far. So, for example, driving to the studio, that's not a long commute for no, you. OK, you're right. Okay, that That is a better way. So I'm oh. never. Mm-hmm. All right, th- this is all going to be edited <laughs> out. So, so I'm never affected by traffic the way others are. Exactly. So yeah, th- that's a great way. Yeah. No, no, that, th- that's <laughs> no, that's an insight. That's yeah. that's interesting because I'm looking at the world through the lens of my own eye fucking eyeballs and experiences. Uh-huh. When that's really just not the accurate situation for the county in general, yes. or for our area in general. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look at that. A little breakthrough there. <laughs> um, again, you even sound excited about Again, it. that's going to be edited out. <laughs> so, so yeah, I don't have a commute. I, I mean, from from where we live to, to the studio is eh, 12 minutes. Typically. Yeah, about. It took us an hour and a half mm-hmm. yesterday. Yeah. We we got up early, and again, this is from from my perspective, very early. Uh-huh. I woke up at six a.m. Uh-huh. to get some writing and some stuff done mm-hmm. before going in. Yeah. And anyway, an hour and a half is just fucking bonkers for the distance traveled. Right. When it normally takes, like you said, twelve. Yeah. So I- anyway, yeah, not not not. Uh, not good. Yeah. I was... Well, it, that threw, it threw the whole day off. It threw yeah, your whole it schedule did, off. The time, it didn't throw my mood off. Yeah. I mean, I was kind of perplexed, like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, well, you opened your Waze app, and there were just accidents everywhere. I mean, there were... By the way... I'm not joking. They, they were everywhere. First time that app's ever been opened. Mm-hmm. Because, again, 
<laughs> I, I don't need to look at where the traffic is because I don't ever, never happens. Yeah. So uh, that is why we didn't get the show done yesterday morning. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know what happens? It yeah. happens. Yeah. I'm also, I lived in D.C. long enough where traffic is a bananas. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really bother me. You know, I can put on the radio or, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm we, the same way. We chat a little bit. Yeah, you're the, the same, same way. way. <laughs> God damn. Are you kidding me? By the way, uh, Brittany is the more cerebral of the two of us. And uh, her lower lizard brain really shines through <laughs> on the road. Yeah. She's not the Zen one. Everyone would think I'm the psycho mm-hmm. on the road. What are you saying right now? Uh, I think everybody knows what I'm saying. It is a perfectly fine. I just get <laughs> I get mildly angry and frustrated. I think that happens to everybody. All right. <laughs> So we are here. Oh, and we have an announcement. Yeah, we do. Um, a, uh, no, I was going to say, oh, it's a big announcement. Yeah, it's not very big. We we already announced it partially, but we're going to be doing the um, Patreon only episode. So this will only be posted for Patreon supporters. Any Let amount. The great experiment begin. And <laughs> <laughs> it is going to be an Ask Me Anything episode. So. Yeah. Um, if there's like a political topic that we don't normally cover that you are curious about our opinion or you want to know our favorite book or our favorite song or whatever it might be, um, you send in your question. Um, as a Patreon supporter, I'm going to send out a message today. Um, so when you get it, you can respond to it with your question. And I think we're going to pick, I, I don't think we've decided on the number. It kind of, maybe it depends on the type of questions we get. Um, but yeah, we're going to record it on September 22nd. So you need to get your questions in by September 21st. And that's also means if you, you've been on the fence about supporting us on Patreon and joining the Patreon family, you have until the 21st to join because we're going to, any, any tier of support, any, if you're just a Patreon supporter in good standing, whatever yeah. the fuck, uh, we're going to be taking questions. So uh, it's going to be, it'll be a good time. Yes, we're very excited. A real, real good time. Yes. And again, let the great experiment begin! And so not not only do you have to be on Patreon to ask the question, but you have to be on Patreon to... Hear the uh, answers. Hear the answer. <laughs> yes. There you go. Right. All right. Well, we've got a couple of pieces of listener communication that we want to get to, and uh, we'll start there. Hi, guys. Dan from Oceanside. Uh, Just been following this uh, Colin Kaepernick with Nike thing. I imagine you guys will talk about it in this next episode anyway, because it's, you know, a big cultural uh, event, seems like. Uh, And just curious what your, uh, your opinions are now that we're starting to see people say like, oh, look, he's getting paid. That means he was never legitimate with these concerns that this is his way to like grandstand and cause problems or whatever. Whereas I look at it, man, if you're able to fund your charity and pay your bills while standing up for what you believe in, then who would have any problem with that? Um, I've already, you know, had my problems watching football now knowing physically what these guys are going to go through later in life. Uh, I just can't really justify following it anymore. Never, Not that I was ever a giant football fan. But then, you know, 
looking at how football players are expected to be some homogenous group and then compare that to how, say, the NBA handles their young athletes, you know, their, their young men, and it seems like they empower them to speak out politically or if there's any, any things they're passionate about or, or concerned about. Uh, specifically, I don't know if you've seen it on HBO, but, you know, Le- LeBron James' show, The Shop, where he has a bunch of young African-American athletes on and they, they talk about, you know, their lives and the culture they came from and what they're seeing now and how they're treated and how they feel they can have an effect on, on you know, the country and, and people. Um, it just seems like I, I appreciate uh, a world where our, our athletes that are seemingly really thoughtful, concerned, you know, citizens of our country are empowered to speak out about the things they're concerned about. Uh, yeah, just just curious uh, if you guys have been following the, the Kaepernick thing or not, and uh, good for him, man. If you can, uh, if your bottom line can get taken care of and you're able to use your platform uh, the way a lot of other athletes do, uh, I'm, I'm for it. And it's interesting to see athletes really be kind of uh, a, the figurehead of kind of the, the, a lot of the, the political movements going on right now, uh, you know, specifically guys like Kaepernick and, and LeBron James is really, uh, I'm, I'm glad we're in a, a situation now where in society, you can't be Michael Jordan and stay kind of mums the word about things that are important to you. You, you have to really use your platform and speak up. Right. Love the show. Thanks guys. Yeah. So about people complaining about how oh he's making money see this is what he's always wanted Ugh, morons but this is just people trying scrambling trying to find any excuse that they yeah. feel will resonate with the other side so that's not really their argument they're just trying to grasp at straws and trying to find anything to complain about um like to, to get someone's attention right so if their other complaints aren't appealing to the other side they're like hey well then what about how he's making money yeah right don't you think that that's always what he's been after (laughs) that makes sense to you right right (laughs) um well what i want to explain one comment that he that 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 dan made um that might not make sense to people who aren't football fans or don't follow it and that was when he said he's already uncomfortable watching football knowing what these guys are going to be going through like the cte yeah he's talking about cte i assume He's talking about CTE, which is a brain injury um, that has caused, you know, many people, uh, football, prior football players to commit suicide. And it's just it's terrible what's happening in later life for some of these uh, multiple concussion sufferers. Mm-hmm. So I, th- th- I think that's what he to, to what he was referring. Uh, this whole Colin Kaepernick thing is. Well, I don't want to say I'm mixed on it, but I- I'm. This is a this is a well, I'm not going to shit on it because it's awesome. I, I believe I think that the the slogan and the advertising campaign is great. Believe in something even if it means risking everything. And you know, Colin Kaepernick did do that. He did risk everything. Like yeah, he's probably not going to be broke, you know, living on the street. But when you get to that level, that your your whole life is football, and he. He not only risked that, he lost that. He wasn't a third-string quarterback who was like maybe going to get sent down to the practice squad. He took his team to the Super Bowl. 
He was at the top of his game. You can argue he wasn't that great a quarterback. I would argue he's not that great a quarterback, but that's not what we're talking about. Colin Kaepernick, for all his faults, even in his messaging, with the the socks with the little piggy cops on them, or wearing a fucking Cuba shirt, or whatever, he's standing for a noble, just cause. To bring awareness to the very real problem of police brutality related to unarmed black men. What what more noble cause is there? So what's fascinating to me is that conservatives have really attached themselves to the line, um, sacrificing everything, yeah, yeah. not risking, but sacrificing and saying, well, who's really making a sacrifice? Who would have been better served here? And they make the argument, well, look at Colin Kaepernick. He has all the money. He has everything. Yeah. He's not he's not sacrificing everything. Yet this is the same network and talking heads who are shaming the um, Cosby actor for working at Trader Joe's. Yeah, right. Um, And so there's just like a lot of inconsistencies here again, where why are you coming down hard on this ad for propping up Colin Kaepernick and saying, oh, you you would have been better served to pick Pat Tillman, right, for your ad. Um, And which is... uh, I'm seeing that a lot too, and and this happened I think a year ago where his widow came out and and basically said she doesn't want him being used in this way. Yeah, well they don't look at Molly Tibbetts. What's happening there? They don't care if it serves their macabre end. It doesn't matter if the the means are are gross. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I I really like the ad. I think it was a great choice. I enjoyed watching the firestorm of people cutting up their Nike socks Ugh, and some morons. burning. I saw a guy putting like six pairs of his shoes into the fireplace I saw and burning them. Like, dude, you're just burning your and own he's like, shoes. Hey, come here. Like, here, get a better angle yeah. <laughs> of me burning my shoes. <laughs> you're just burning your shoes. Yeah. And of course, everyone's already said this. Jesse, you said this in your video yesterday on this issue. But those six pairs of shoes that he burned. Yeah. Those could have been donated to people. I have seen homeless men without shoes in the street. So if you care about veterans so much, those shoes can go to them. Again, it's the same deal that I bitch about Tommy Lahren. If you really love the troops so goddamn much, do something for them. If you really love the military, sign on the dotted line or go... Or go serve that community. But but it doesn't matter about that. It's about, hey, dude, come around here and get the better angle of me burning my shoes. Yeah, and I'm sorry, but what's more concerning to me and what pisses me off even more is that this is the thing that gets people pissed off. Not that report that came out of Pennsylvania about the Catholic Church, right. about thousands of children being abused. Yeah. And hundreds of priests and the cover-up and the child pornography rings. What? Yeah. Are you guys reading the news? Do you know, like, what's going on? You get mad about a Nike ad? Yeah, but Brittany, the flag and the anthem, that's real important. Yeah. It's just... They're 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 liars. They're hypocrites. This is fake bullshit, manufactured outrage on the part of the right. Because every one of the assholes that I see, they didn't serve. They love the military so much, but they didn't love it enough to actually 
risk something to actually sacrifice something. Yeah. And it's not to say if you didn't serve, you don't have patriotism. I'm not saying that. But if you're going to raw, raw and act like you're the big patriot because you support the troops, shut the fuck up. Unless you actually did something to support the military, like, say, joining. Look, I got lots of family I've been seeing all over Facebook talking about, the, like, the, like their Jack Ryan, you know, the greatest American hero <laughs> who, who didn't serve and didn't do anything. Close family members. It, so it, it, that sticks in my craw a little bit. Sticks in my craw, Brittany. Mm. But let me briefly talk about the Nike thing. Look, Nike is not some, it's not a charity. Mm-hmm. They're doing this because it's going to make monetary sense for them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, you know, the, their labor practices, and I'm no champion of unions or the labor movement. Not that I'm shitting on it, but it's not my my my, my big issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not, you know, sterling here. They don't have the best reputation. They're doing this. Now, look, I think it's a great move because it is... It is um, getting behind an issue that is very important, his issue. But let's not go all crazy like like there's some charity. Yeah, well, the people who support uh, Colin Kaepernick and NFL protests, they're young people. The people who are against Colin Kaepernick and NFL protests, they're older Yeah, they, they were New Balance. So th- <laughs> this is a calculated decision. Um, this is what is going to be best for their business. Likely yeah. that the young people are going to support this and go out and buy Nike and get really excited. And mm. I also wanted to say I've seen people um, saying, hey, leftists, don't get too excited. Remember when you said you weren't going to go to In-N-Out anymore because they donated $25,000 to Republicans? Um, yeah, I didn't see anyone lighting their burgers on fire and <laughs> yeah. like buying a bunch of in and out and then like smashing it on the ground. So did you see that? No, no, I didn't. In fact, I, I said that it was only an important thing because Donald Trump's in office right now. I, I, we're, I'm still going to go to in and out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, but I'll, also the, the form of protest. It's yeah. a little bit different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, I didn't. I don't think I saw anyone I know post and say they're not going in and out anymore. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know. <laughs> you know, it, it, it is. That's it, not to say that um, liberals don't complain about unnecessary things. Of course or, they or, do. You know, protest things irrationally. But I, I just found that comparison interesting. Well, there's just so many cases where things go viral. There's there's video after video after video of people burning their Kaepernick jerseys from a year ago or a year, two years ago or whenever this whole thing started. Mm-hmm. There, there's all kinds of uh, in the video yesterday about people smashing their Keurigs. Uh, people <laughs> people uh, we're going to boycott Netflix because they had a documentary about Trayvon Martin or they put up a, a, a comedy special from. Ellen DeGeneres, maybe the most beautiful human being on the planet. Yeah. And they're going to, I'm turning off my subscription. Yeah, or this Michelle liberal. Wolf. Yeah, or, 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 the, or the, the White House Correspondence Center. They, they gave her a show. I'm turning off my Netflix. <laughs> it's, yeah, first of all, they don't care. Yeah. You're, the comp- the, you're not going to buckle the company and bring it to its knees because you canceled your subscription. Yeah. Asswipe. Mm-hmm. Just calm down. Yeah, or because you burned your shoes that you already bought. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that happened yesterday. Yeah, that was fun. 
it's always interesting yeah. to watch the <laughs> the, the firestorm. Mm-hmm. Just it, it is. It, it breaks like wildfire across Twitter, especially because that's that's really where it goes crazy. Yeah, I was watching the a little bit of the social media um, Senate hearing today, and Jack Dorsey was testifying, the CEO of Twitter, weirdo, and he was saying that he thinks of Twitter as the public square. And that it is very much like what you would see when you go out in public. <laughs> and I was listening to that and I'm like, um. I've never been called a cuck in public. <laughs> yeah, I To my face. I don't know about that, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> Maybe. That's kind of dangerous territory for him to be talking like that because it opens himself up to uh, voluntary regulation by the government. Mm-hmm. Well, if that's the case, then you have to follow the same rules of of the First Amendment. Mm-hmm. So all those people you blocked, you got to bring back. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Hmm. I didn't finish watching it, so. Another topic for another day. Exactly. Everybody. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, let's get to the email that we have, and then we'll, we'll try to address. Most of the show is going to be some follow-up stuff about the, the nine-year-old boy who tragically committed suicide after being bullied for being gay. Uh, more Catholic Church news and um, some some new stuff on Harvey Weinstein. This is from an anonymous person, and uh, they wrote it in a special way, a non-e mouse. So mm, I think non-e mouse. Yeah, I think that's how they want me to say it. Per Jesse's comment on Catholics not needing the Roman Catholic Church as a conduit to God, episode four forty three. Roman Catholic Church doctrine is predicated upon the Pope being the head of the entire Christian Church. Therefore, to a Catholic, departure from the Pope is departure from God. To leave the Roman Catholic Church is to leave Christianity. The Pope and Catholic tradition is equal, if not superior, to an individual's interpretation of Scripture. This is in part why the abuses are glazed over and time and time again, since they are certainly nothing new. The Catholic parishioners are not facing a choice of attending one church or another church. They are facing a choice of being a Christian or not being a Christian. So in order to, quote unquote, keep their Christianity, they choose to cling to a hope that, quote, this time the Catholic Church will correct itself. Just extend mercy. It was a few bad apples. Blah, blah, blah. In the meantime, some leave the Catholic Church and call themselves atheists. Neither seem to understand that Christianity is still an option. Organized religion has been driving people away from Christianity for the last 2,000 years. It has been a major theme throughout the Bible. It's as if no one knows about the Reformation or about the Bible. Watch Mia Maxima Culpa, Mr. Mouse. Mr. Mouse. Yeah, listen, um, I mean, I'm not going to get into the to the doctrinal points of whether or not you can be a Christian and not be Catholic. Uh, I think I've spoken on this pretty, pretty extensively relative to my belief. Um, and I wasn't Catholic. I was never Catholic. But any organization, any organization, whether it be organized religion or otherwise, that tries to insulate itself by otherizing the possibility of its congregants leaving is a cult. Am I saying that right? So if the Catholic Church says, look, if you leave, you're no longer a Christian and you can't quit. That's that's culty bullshit. Well, it's also 
Yes. So I understand the point that Mr. Mouse is trying to make. I, I don't know why I'm going along with that. Um, Anonymous. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I don't know why I'm going along with that. Um, and I, I understand it. But the thing is, there are many cafeteria style uh, religious adherents from, from any kind of religious tradition where they take some parts yeah, and they leave others, but sure. they still give themselves the label of whatever religious identity they want to have. So I understand that this is like a very strict interpretation of what it would mean to be a Catholic. Yeah. But I've, I've spoken with Catholics who say, yeah, the Pope is not the vicar of Christ. Many Catholics. In yeah. Fact. And so many people are saying, Brittany, yeah, they call themselves Catholics still. Yeah. So I, what am I supposed to say about that? Um, you look at the, the Pew research and 76% of Catholics um, believe that the Catholic church should allow Catholics to use birth control. Pew, 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 pew. A little pew, unexpected pew. 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 Um, 62% of U.S. Catholics say the Catholic church should allow priests to get married. 62 yeah, and yeah. this was in 2015, so it's probably only grown since then. Which means then. they disagree with the with the state of the current church. That's exactly what yeah. I'm saying. Um, so, I get it. Well, but... well, just think about how many women are Catholics who take birth control. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why 76% support allowing. Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, so, um, but also, American Catholics, they have... Um, had the biggest net loss due to religious switching. Yeah. So people are leaving the church and going elsewhere. Yeah, because likely 100% of Catholics don't agree with child rape. And their church is, you know, is making a cottage industry out of misery for children. So it's just a matter of time until people are completely fed up and not going to take it anymore related to an organization that is systematically either providing cover for for men who rape children or outright protecting them after having them uh, commit the crime. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. Uh, Speaking of this, did you hear that the Pope is talking about the virtue of silence now? Oh, wow. That's, I mean, that's complicity. That's the virtue of silence, the the criminality of silence. He's recommending silence and prayer to react to um, those seeking scandal and division. You mean truth? Mm -hmm. The the, the, the antiseptic quality of the light of day. Mm -hmm. No, no, let's be quiet. Let's just silently reflect. The only thing necessary for the triumph of evil... Pope Francis is for good men to do nothing. And silence is nothing. He said on Monday that Jesus's grace helps people discern when to speak and quote, when we should stay silent. He's a piece of shit. I don't think he should be talking like that right now. Probably not the best time. Well, Cardinal Worrell uh, gave a sermon the other day in Washington, D.C. And uh, a congregant stood up and said, shame on you. And kind of a mini protest in the middle of his uh, homily. I don't know. I'm not Catholic. A stunning outburst during Sunday mass at a Washington, D.C. Catholic church. A parishioner shouted out at Cardinal Donald Worrell as the cardinal addressed pre-sex abuse allegations. Allegations he is accused of covering up. We need, we need to hold close in our prayers and our loyalty our Holy Father, Pope Francis, 
increasingly it's clear that he is the object of considerable animosity. CNN's Rosa Flores was inside uh, the church during the remarks. Rosa, you spoke to the man who actually yelled that too. Shame on you to the cardinal. Uh, what more did he say about why he felt compelled to do that at that time? Uh, you know, Fred, he said that he was very frustrated for what he said was the church not addressing the root of the problem. But as you mentioned, we were inside that church. So let me take you inside because uh, this cardinal did receive a warm welcome. Uh, they were applause as well. Uh, it was when he started uh, speaking about transparency, accountability, when he started speaking about the clerical sex abuse scandal. That's when emotions boiled over. That's when this man stood up and said, shame on you. And when I talked to him outside, he said that he was very frustrated for the lack of response on behalf of the church in regards to the Pennsylvania grand jury report. Uh, he said that he and others feel very frustrated, very conflicted because their faith is still intact, but they're very frustrated with the church. They want transparency. They want accountability. Uh, he also said he would want the cardinal to speak more as a pastor and less as a politician. Now, we talked to other people there as well who shared a lot of those thoughts. But there was one other woman who made a very loud statement with her silence. Take a look at this picture. She stood up, crossed her arms, and gave the cardinal her back. Here's what she said. I think he should resign. I think he should understand that just because you didn't mean to do something doesn't mean that there weren't terrible consequences for lots of people. And I feel he should resign as cardinal. We asked the archdiocese for a response, and here's what they said. Quote, Cardinal Whirl has spoken extensively over the past two months, conveyed his profound sadness, apologies, and contrition, and addressed every issue as it has arisen in a straightforward and transparent manner. Certain things disallow you to continue on in your job, and covering up for and allowing for child rape seems to be one of those things. Well, this was a, um, a powerful moment because there really is a struggle here. Right. And I think as um, atheists, people who have never been a part of the Catholic Church specifically, um, we we probably should give more understanding to that difficulty of what it must be like to go through that crisis of faith. And um, I think, Jesse, you can probably identify with that more because you were actually in with your church and yeah. really a believer. And I I never really... Um, you judged uh, from afar. <laughs> I mean, I wanted to believe yeah. for sure, but I, I, you weren't you weren't indoctrinated like I was early on. You kind of came in as a as a an an older child into young adulthood, where like the shit didn't make sense. Right. I started going at twelve, and like I I didn't want to be baptized. Yeah, and, yeah. Like I turned that stuff down and. <laughs> Um, but I liked going and I thought it was good. And I, I called myself a Christian because I thought that signaled to others that it meant that I was good and, yeah. a, you know, a part of a good tribe. Um, so, but, but it is hard to go through that crisis of faith and, 
when your church is your identity and and question the leaders of your church who you have always looked to for guidance yeah. and you respect Let's- and to have him stand up in the middle of the service and say shame on you to a cardinal that is pretty powerful for a catholic there are just certain certain things that are just a bridge too far and child rape on the on the level that we've it's not like one off it's not like out of the thousands and thousands of priests oh this one guy or all oh, these two guys that are just oh wow we're talking about 300 priests in just one state in the United States. You know, I know that, right? Yeah, I know. Okay, so well, because you're saying it as a rebuttal no, to what I said. No, I'm not. Okay. I, no, I'm not using it as a rebuttal. Okay. I'm only a rebuttal of the, we should, you know, provide more understanding for people who are having a crisis of faith. Listen, if, 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 if child rape doesn't get you across the goal line, then you're part of the fucking problem. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I understand that. Totally. Um, and I'm not saying you're soft on it. You know, I'm just a little I'm more of a dick about it. It's just, it's more black and white to me. There's not any nuance for me. Well, I, well I'm not saying that, that there's a lot of nuance. And I'm not saying that I'm it's, not saying you are. I'm saying for me, listen, man. Because listen, I think it is pretty black and white. And if I were <laughs> unfiltered, you're just recording me sitting on the couch watching the news, you, oh, would, yeah. you would hear a very different perspective. But when I try to sit down and say, okay, what are people grappling with here? And what is it that's stopping them from really identifying the problem and choosing to take action to no longer support this organization? And I run into those things right. of their identity and, and yeah. whatever else is a part of that. And I... I understand that difficulty, but just because I understand that doesn't mean that well, I don't think there is somewhat of an easy choice. Well, here. again, we're 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 faced with a situation where Brittany Page is much better at processing frustration than Jesse D. I don't. I. I. I you have you have a way of operating inside your brain that is just better. I'm not able to. Um, like when you put it like that, I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you're right. But I can't do that on my own. I'm too, you know, I'm whatever, too dumb guy or something. Well, number one, it's giving me a lot of credit. Um, Anyway, I'm just calling balls and strikes here. But uh, (laughs) it takes a lot of effort to try to do that. So I I get it because I share the anger. We, I think we all do. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Listen, I don't know either. Um, it, it is um, endlessly frustrating, maddening. Uh, and I'm glad that men like this are, are are finally fed the fuck up, standing up in church and saying, shame on you. Because mm-hmm. that guy needs to go. The Pope needs to go. The entire upper echelon of the Catholic Church needs to just, you know... Well, even he's find their walk their way right into a fucking tire fire. He's standing up there, and I believe he used the word loyalty. Yeah, loyalty. Yeah, I wrote it down. He said, uh, "We need to hold close in our prayers and our loyalty to the Holy Father, Pope Francis, because he is under attack Mm -hmm. right now." Yeah, this is the wrong, wrong thing. Stand behind our guy who is complicit in covering up for child rapists. So you have the cardinal saying that, and then you have Pope Francis talking about the virtue of silence. Yeah. So, are you getting your message yet? Hello. Catholics, come on. Seriously, because it's only going to, change is only going to come from within on this issue. Catholic, the Catholic Church, the Pope doesn't give a shit about what I say. He cares about what his parishioners say. 
the people who are the, the, the putting butts in the seats. Mm-hmm. Not some atheist on a podcast. Mm-hmm. Now, hopefully, if I can have any effect whatsoever on a Catholic, mm-hmm. that would be wonderful. Yeah. Um, tonight, I tonight. I don't, we, we don't have those kind of uh, demographic numbers relative to <laughs> who our audience is. So Tonight, we're going to get a call from the Vatican to the voicemail so line. Listen, we've been listening and... Uh, we're really sorry. <laughs> I'm Pope Francis, and I never listen to I Doubt It with Dallimore. <laughs> I'm the Pope, uh, and I want to say, uh, that's all I got. Yeah, it's not all very right. good. So, Watching too much Sopranos is no what you kidding. have there. So um, let's, be, only because of transitional issues, I'm not going to be able to go to such a heavy story. Uh, let's talk about Harvey Weinstein and the ridiculous news about NBC at the highest levels axing the story and refusing to allow Ronan Farrow to do the interviews he needed to ultimately out this serial sexual abuser. And news tonight concerning the Harvey Weinstein scandal, a former NBC producer accusing his own network of effectively killing the initial story about Weinstein's sex abuse allegations. Ronan Farrow blocked from reporting on their network the bombshell that launched the Me Too movement. NBC now responding. Here's ABC's Adrian Banker. Tonight, a former NBC News employee is accusing the network of killing a groundbreaking story of Harvey Weinstein's alleged sexual misconduct. Reporter Ronan Farrow worked at NBC until last year. His then-supervising producer, Rich McHugh, now says, as we were about to interview a woman with a credible allegation of rape against Weinstein, I was told not to do the interview, effectively killing the story. Those orders came to me from the highest levels of NBC. But NBC calls the accusations an outright lie and that at the time, Farrow did not yet have a single victim of or witness to misconduct by Weinstein, who was willing to be identified. Of the seven women who eventually went on record with Farrow at The New Yorker, including Asia Argento, Mira Sorvino, and Rosanna Arquette, NBC says not one of these seven women was included in the reporting Farrow presented while at NBC News. McHugh, a former ABC News producer, resigned in protest from NBC News this month, telling ABC, as the father of four girls, I knew that if I didn't pursue this story with everything I had, how could I live with myself? Tom, the president of NBC News, gave his blessing when Farrow asked to take the story elsewhere, effectively ending their working relationship. Tom? Adrian, thank you. So this is, look, bad news. For NBC. And I think this is going to come out more through investigation uh, of who exactly these executives were who put the axe to this. But not a good look. Well, I I thought Ronan Farrow was writing a book about this. Mm -hmm. And so he released a statement and basically said... I'm not going to go into details here. I think it's because he's going to yeah, release a right. book and he wants to sell his book. But um, he he's NBC has released a statement saying that um, everything in this report um, accusing them yeah. right is lies. And they gave an accounting of like all their communication with Weinstein's team and like explained it all and like really went into detail with defending themselves. And so Ronan Farrow put out a statement and said that they're lying and that he can't go into a lot of detail right now, but that uh, he will say he had women on the record and they were not interested in the story or whatever. And um, that 
NBC suggested that he take his story elsewhere. Yeah. That he wasn't the one who suggested that first because they were being so difficult about it. Yeah. And he also said as a part of what they released that they gave misleading statements, that they have like incomplete or missing details, uh, that there were women who offered to be in the story. And they now, were turned down yeah, by and now, NBC. Yeah. And those women are coming forward now, backing Ronan Farrow saying, yes, I yeah. came and I said, I'm ready to be on the record and they were not interested. Yeah. The the other thing, I've read several accounts of people who know this McHugh guy, this senior producer who was working with Pharaoh. And uh, this guy has apparently just sterling reputation as a, a guy of, of, of great integrity. He's not going to be a guy who's going to liar, uh, be a liar and throw his, his former employer under the bus. Um, so look, if I'm again, if I'm picking sides here, I'm for sure going to be on with Ronan Farrow over NBC because he's proven himself. He has a track record of immense integrity and st standing fast in the face of great risk to himself. Um, there were like ex Mossad agents sent after him by mm -hmm. Weinstein, mm -hmm. and he he didn't buckle in mm -hmm. in the in the face of that uh, risk to himself for sure. So. Uh, we're going to keep following this, let you know what, what transpires. This next story is super sad. Just, it, it's one of those things that makes you question, God, where where are we as a society? And why can we not deal with some of the most uh, important aspects of raising our children and um, combating bullying, um, the 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 gay issue relative to social um and, and socializing children it's when when nine-year-old children are committing suicide because of their sexuality and because of bullying due to that sexuality look kids are kids are mean and adults need to be better at recognizing this because you can't tell me that kids in the while in school school officials weren't witnessing this bullying doesn't go down in a vacuum where adults don't see it go down the, the, this was witnessed by adults and allowed to happen and because of it this nine-year-old boy they were getting ready to talk about took his life Okay. He was just nine years old and already had dreams of becoming a social media star. But last week, Jamel Miles took his own life. He put smiles on my face every day. His mother, Leah Pierce, says over the summer her son came out as gay. Even before that, she says he was bullied, but after his death, she learned the problem had only been getting worse. My daughter told me he came home and told her kids at school were telling him to kill himself. Denver Public Schools says it's investigating and is deeply committed to ensuring that all members of the school community are treated with dignity and respect. Jamel's death is evoking strong reactions. Actress Laverne Cox tweeted, it must stop. Our bullying culture is killing children. Amit Paley is CEO of The Trevor Project, which focuses on crisis intervention and suicide prevention for LGBTQ youth. 
We know that just one person in an LGBTQ young person's life can make a huge difference. They can reduce the risk of suicide by 30%. According to a CDC report, gay, lesbian, and bisexual high school students are over four times more likely to attempt suicide than their straight peers. And I wish I could have took the pain away from him. Jamel's mother, clutching her son's favorite stuffed animal, says it's important to speak out. He wanted to make people feel empowered. And in order to do that, we have to stop bullying and teach people it's okay to love each other. She now hopes her son's death can help save other lives. Joe Fryer, NBC News. So there's a lot of things to talk about with this. The um, increasing rates of suicide, uh, the role that social media and smartphones can play in bullying students. Because um, young people have smartphones now That's, yeah, yeah. You, know, you get a phone when you're pretty young so you have access to snapchat and all of those apps and a lot of bullying can happen on those forums so it what we experienced when we were younger in school um where it relates different to bullying world. yeah it's a different world now because it, it's also online and people can gang up in that way um People need to be vigilant, adults, especially if you're working around kids, to make sure that you are stepping in and noticing this when it yeah. happens. Um, but aside from that, this story got my attention, actually, on the Statesmith Facebook page. Hmm. Uh, if you haven't liked it, go like the Statesmith Facebook page. Yes. Uh, Jesse's project. And um, there was a debate that happened on there, and it was shocking for a number of reasons. I think the one that stood out for me most was that um, a nine-year-old is dead and that that wasn't really the focus of the conversation, that there wasn't a lot of outrage directed at the bullies, that there is a society that still um, stigmatizes LGBT communities and otherizes members of those communities um, so much that a nine-year-old is not feeling safe enough to go to school yeah, um, to be educated. That wasn't the emphasis of the conversation. People were instead saying things like, why is a nine-year-old worrying about their sexuality? I didn't know about uh, my sexuality when I was nine, right? The classic, my experience generalizes to the population. Right. Or my experience is normal. Anecdotal evidence is fucking worthless. And let's also say this, the experiences of a, of a, of a straight person, nine-year-old, it, it's a different situation mm -hmm. than for someone who's gay and having to, um, whether it be realizing that that's the case but it's also look at it this way if you're one of these anecdotal fucking relying on your experience and what you've witnessed with your eyes is this every girl hits puberty at a different time some are late into high school before they they get their period mm -hmm. some it's like in fifth grade Yes. Fourth grade some. Some very early. Yep. Well, sexuality happens the same way. Some very early. I mean, even let me use anecdotal evidence if, if it's so important to some people. I, I for sure was interested in girls. And my very first kiss was seven or eight years old. What grade is that? 
second or third grade. Okay. And I didn't lose my virginity until 17. So it wasn't like I was some hypersexual uh, maniac. Mm-hmm. I just, I was interested in girls. Had yeah. a girlfriend. Oh, well, I. why am I thinking so hard about my first kiss? Because it was at Dell's house. <laughs> Um, and it was under the table. So at preschool, yeah, I was kissing boys in preschool. So boys, I think so. Maybe not. I don't know. Many boys. Well, just the one Clayton, <laughs> but that's, that is the thing about puberty, right? And puberty is actually happening earlier. Um, and so for boys, puberty can happen as early as age nine. Yeah. So for people to look at this child but, and say, but, but, why? But puberty's not the, the, that's not the high water mark. That's not the, the line in the sand for being interested in the opposite sex. Cause I, I didn't hit puberty in, until seventh grade or something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's, that's not the that's not the mark to look for and that's what everyone needs to understand there are multiple things that are at play here that just because it didn't go down that way with you doesn't mean it wasn't the case for this kid who clearly was afflicted by both bullying and and issues related to his sexuality he wasn't coming out gay and suffering at the hands of his brutal uh, schoolmates because, oh, I think I want to be different. He didn't make a choice to do that. And people just need to be more, more understanding. And just because you don't get it or it didn't go down that way with you doesn't mean it wasn't the case for this young boy. Okay, so what I was getting at with the puberty thing is that sexual feelings can occur when you go through puberty, right? Oh, for sure, yeah, So yeah, what yeah. I'm saying is that as early as nine, boys can be going through puberty. So for these people who were so dumbfounded by the idea that a nine-year-old would be even thinking about what their attraction is yeah, yeah. and who they're attracted to and any of those feelings, oh my gosh, Um that's normal. Right. That's normal for kids. Have you been around kids? Have you talked to a kid? Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of this sometimes is is kind of brought about by this puritanical communities in which we live where that's the focus that, you know, it's kind of the abstinence only thing. Well, we don't need to be teaching kids about sex. They're, they shouldn't be having sex. Yeah, right. but they're going to fucking have sex. Let's not be stupid. Yeah. That was kind of the tone of the conversation as well. Like who told him that gay people are a thing? Like that was honestly kind of the vibe that I was getting in yeah. this conversation. And it was like, number one, um, if, if, a, if a child today starts noticing that they are attracted to the same sex, then they can go Google that and like figure out what yes. that means. Again, going back to full access to social media, not only full access, social, social media, but porn, mm-hmm. anything that we have at our fingertips. So do kids. And if no one's talking to them, right then that's where they're going to go as well. And so people also say, like, just, I don't get it. Like, not wanting to talk to kids about these issues. You know, that's why you do talk to kids about these issues, so that they know what things mean, so that when an adult comes to them and tries to abuse them or touch them inappropriately, they know what inappropriate touch is. They know what appropriate touch is. These topics aren't reserved for 
like 16 year olds oh once you get a license we'll talk to you about what touching is and attraction yeah, right and, right yeah you know mommy and daddy don't touch each other that's not a thing that happens we don't we don't talk about these topics in the house um well sometimes the most awkward conversations that make people uncomfortable are the most important ones yeah because the reason they're awkward mm -hmm. is because they deal with very sensitive issues mm-hmm you don't get Listen, talking to your kid about safety on the road and buckle up, son. Yeah, that's great because driving is very serious, but it's not a, a sexually transmitted disease he's going to carry around for the rest of his life. Or it's not impregnating his girlfriend, which very well could affect him for the rest of his life. Mm -hmm. It's not sexuality. Mm -hmm. Th these are all hot potatoes yeah or treated as such when they should really just be hey listen very important we need to talk about this because it is so impactful on your life mm -hmm. so stop it especially with a nine-year-old child who is dead yeah well th that bothers me that it's not that the conversation took the weird turn into whether it was too early to be gay or whether he could be gay. I, I didn't see it. Yeah, so. policing his thoughts. Yeah, get the fuck out of here, man. Can we not? Can we not? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. All right. Um, wow. Uh, <laughs> that was a great, uh, great segment to follow up and listener communication. Listen, if you want to talk to the show, you want to communicate, get your ideas on the record, or just help us move the conversation forward. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dollamore. So don't forget, we are doing that Ask Me Anything episode. If you would like to participate, please go respond to the Patreon message and send in your question. And we will record that on September 22nd. So you got to get your question in by September 21st. Also, we are going to be doing the Patreon guest uh, episode again. Remember we we did that where we sent out the message and if you were a supporter on Patreon, you had the opportunity to co-host a show with us. Yeah. Uh, we are going to do that again. So we will announce uh, that in the coming weeks as well. Let the great experiment begin! <laughs> <laughs> That's not never going to get old for me. Yeah, I love that clip. Democracy facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So, over the course of the last couple of days, there have been uh, two pretty major stories that have broken. One is the fact that this Bob Woodward book, which wasn't a secret, we've known about it for months, that he was out there um, gathering interviews, compiling his sources, and that he has written a book. I believe it's called Fear. Isn't that the title? I believe so. And uh, yesterday, an audio conversation was released from Bob Woodward of between him and the president, between he and Donald Trump and 
Kellyanne Conway actually got in on the action a little later in the conversation. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of when Donald Trump was revealed to him that this wasn't going to be a positive book. And since the release of that audio conversation, Donald Trump has lost his mind on Twitter, attacking, 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 attacking someone who really is unassailable in the integrity department. Bob Woodward of Woodward and Bernstein fame, who took down a president because of their top-notch reporting, is a guy who was... The respect people have for him is unrivaled in Washington, D.C. and journalistic circles. This isn't um, a fire and fury situation. Yeah, it's not Michael Wolf or whatever that guy's name was. Was that his name? Yes. Uh, This is a guy who is has decades of experience and a track record that cannot be impeached. Yeah. Uh, when and this when this news broke, the journalists on Twitter went crazy, tweeting excerpts from it. And that alone sets it apart from Michael Wolf because there was a lot of trepidation surrounding how should we cover this book. Yeah. Uh, there's inaccuracies in here. I, you know, there, there was some reservation that no, journalists I, I, took. And I think they did a good job in that. Mm-hmm. I think that they really let it be known that, come on, this guy's kind of a, a charlatan. Yeah, and this one feels different. This one feels more um, accurate, more... Well, apparently he's got hours and hours of audio interviews, which is going to be nice when they release them because it's going to show all of these people who are now denying what they've said. And some of it, I don't know that he's going to have a, a interview. I don't think he's going to have audio of Mattis saying that Donald Trump, and I think we're going to get to some of this, some, some of the, the, the claims in the book, but that Mattis, General Mattis, the Secretary of Defense, was saying that Donald Trump just had like a fifth or sixth grade understanding of foreign policy and just, you know, I guess life in general. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to go through some of the, the quotes then? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. Okay. So um, after he was pressured, Donald Trump, to condemn the white supremacists in Charlottesville, his reaction to that was, quote, that was the biggest fucking mistake I've made. You never make those concessions. You never apologize. I didn't do anything wrong in the first place. Why look weak? So this doesn't sound like Donald Trump at all, um, who is really known for apologizing and admitting his mistakes and asking the Lord for forgiveness. Um, All things that he regularly talks about. Think about this, though. The biggest mistake of his presidency was admitting that Nazis were bad people, that white supremacy (laughs) was bad. Mm -hmm. To Donald Trump, that was the worst moment for him. He also said something about that being the worst speech he ever gave. Right. Condemning Nazis mm-hmm. and racists mm-hmm. and white supremacists. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that he thought that that would make him look weak, that it made him look weak. It's, uh, something's broken in there. I, I don't understand his system of morals and in in right and wrong, I, I just it is it's anathema to me. So they um, also released this quote from John Kelly, who uh, remember that whole fiasco. I think it was a couple months ago where it, it was reported that he had called Donald Trump an idiot. Yes, and 
he came out and I think he did like a press conference on it, like gave a statement and they asked him questions maybe. And he, yeah. he never denied calling him an idiot. Yeah. Right. He never actually denied that. But now the same story is coming out again from Woodward, a, a parallel, which is showing that, you know, it's it, multiple. So when people are independently reporting the same thing from likely different sources, it, there's a pattern developing here. You know what I mean? It's pretty impossible for him to continue to deny, 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 just like with uh, Tillerson calling him a fucking moron. So he said, quote, he's an idiot. It's pointless to try to convince him of anything. He's gone off the rails. We're in crazy town. I don't even know why any of us are here. This is the worst job I've ever had. <laughs> and this is White House Chief of Staff John Kelly again, yes. to remind you, um, saying that this is the worst job he's ever had and calling his experience in the White House crazy town. Well, here, here's here's an explanation for why they're denying this. And I don't know about John Kelly because I don't have a lot of respect for John Kelly. And but, he is coming out now to say that this is not true. That's right. Yeah, he and released a statement. So is so is Mattis mm -hmm. has said it's just not true. Mm -hmm. If you're in a position where you believe you're, you're interceding on behalf of the Republic and that your job is beyond the triviality of 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 this uh, of these types of gossipy type stories. I believe you could probably resign yourself in your mind to lie about having said this for the greater good of the nation. And in the case of 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 Mattis, I believe that to be true. I believe that he he looks at his position, you know, like stopping Donald Trump, saying, ignoring Donald Trump on on uh, assassinating uh, Bashar al-Assad is more important than whether he called him a fifth or sixth grader intellectually about these matters. So I'll give them, we'll see, but I believe everything Bob Woodward has written. I don't, I mean, we're going to say, I'm going to read the book, but I don't believe he is a man who would jeopardize his well, hard earned reputation for a book. Mm-hmm. So I also found the exchange between John Dowd and Donald Trump particularly interesting. Um, so John Dowd, former uh, lawyer. Yes. And he was explaining to Robert Mueller why he doesn't want Donald Trump to testify. Right. There's this whole controversy over is he going to sit for an interview? Is he yeah. not going to sit for an interview? And now we're learning that Robert Mueller is going to accept some written responses from Donald Trump mm -hmm. because they are so concerned about him sitting for an interview. Um, so John Dowd said, I quote, I'm not going to sit there and let him look like an idiot. And you publish that transcript because everything leaks in Washington and the guys overseas are going to say i told you he was an idiot i told you he was a goddamn dumbbell what are we do what are we dealing with this idiot for right and then Mueller replied john i understand and then later that month john dowd told trump quote don't testify it's either that or an orange jump jumpsuit wow and that that's saying something. And Trump, according to Woodward, is very concerned about the optics of a president refusing to testify, and he believes that he can handle it. Oh um, yeah, he really is. It's 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 uh, ideas of himself of grandeur. And they he, he believes he's super talented. Yeah, they've done practice sessions with him. 
So they kind of know how he might be during questioning. And so Donald Trump told Dowd, according to Woodward, quote, I'll be a good witness. And John Down replied, quote, you're not a good witness, Mr. President. I'm afraid I just can't help you. And the next morning he resigned. Yeah, it is. Well, first of all, when he sits down with Mueller, it's not going to be like a bright light in his face. They're going to make him feel real comfortable. They're going to want him to feel very, very at ease and uh, just let him ramble and ramble and ramble. Uh-huh. But as you said, there are, at least some questions are going to be allowed to be answered um, written mm-hmm. in written form. And you look, this could be multiple things. This could be that they'll just take whatever they can get, mm-hmm. or it could be they don't really need his testimony. Mm-hmm. They've already got what they need, or they're well on their way to getting what they need toward um, indictable items, whether that be while president or after. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we'll see. It's a little too early to tell. Yeah. So I want to read this one last quote and then get into a, um, Donald Trump's response to this specific quote on Twitter. And before I read this quote, I want to get out in front of it because Caitlin Collins ran into some t- trouble on Twitter with um, people getting upset that she used this word and she had to... Uh, remind people that she was quoting the president, which is her job. Right. Um, So (laughs) according to Bob Woodward, Donald Trump mocks Jeff Sessions' accent quite often. And at one point he said, quote, this is Donald Trump, the president. This guy is mentally retarded. He's this dumb Southerner. He couldn't even be a one-person country lawyer down in Alabama. Okay. That's what he is saying about Jeff Sessions. And obviously this quote is not one that is sitting well with Donald Trump because he tweeted and responded directly to it today. Quote, the already discredited Woodward book, so many lies and phony sources, has me calling Jeff Sessions, quote, mentally retarded and, quote, a dumb Southerner. I said neither. Never use those terms on anyone, including Jeff. And being a Southerner is a great thing. He made this up to divide. Right. Well, it really lets you know what's sticking in his craw because that's the base. Yeah. (laughs) The South is great, you guys. I would have never said that. Look, y'all, I didn't say that about him, Jeff. (laughs) Jeff is a noble man. Yeah. What a good guy, everybody. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Never would say that about Jeff. He makes the greatest cookies. Uh Uh-huh. You know, because he's an elf. Yeah. So he also said the Woodward book has already been refuted and discredited by right. by General Secretary of Defense James Mattis and General, parenthetically, Chief of Staff John Kelly. Is that the order in which that should be done? I don't know. Their quotes were made up frauds, a con on the public. Likewise, other stories and quotes. Woodward is a dem operative. Notice timing. Just asking uh, questions, apparently. Right. <laughs> right. Just muddying the water. So look, he's never going to convince, you know... Jeff Sessions compatriots, but he certainly the 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 press people, the media types, they're going to back this play because they know the integrity level of Bob Woodward. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, There's tons more to cover on this, but we're going to we're going to move on. Because that's not the most controversial tweet that happened this week, right? It's well, not in my mind, Mm -hmm. not in my mind. I will say this. Look, I have millions of people on Twitter. It's a lot of people. If somebody can't handle a Twitter account, they can't handle the nuclear company. 
So the tweet that got the most attention was this one, quote, two long running Obama era investigations of two very popular Republican congressmen were brought to a well publicized charge just ahead of the midterms by Jeff Sessions Justice Department. Two easy wins now in doubt because there is not enough time. Good job, Jeff. Again, picking on Jeff. Um, however, what Donald Trump is saying here is that if you're Republican, you shouldn't be prosecuted for your crimes. That impartiality should not be the objective of the United States Department of Justice. That they need to be given a pass. Keeping in mind that these two individuals, again, were the first and the second in Congress to to endorse Donald Trump's presidency. That they should not be prosecuted so close to the midterms. Not necessarily given a pass in all cases, but especially before the midterms, they should be given a pass. Yeah. Like, this is not the best time to be doing this. Yeah, again, it's, it's, it's not uh, justice for the sake of justice. It's justice for the sake of politics. And that is, you know, that's order of the day for Donald Trump. Isn't this what Drain the Swamp meant? Yeah, right. <laughs> corruption isn't this like a corruption issue it, it is a remark of all the donald trump tweets and there are many and they are stupid this is remarkably transparent in its um advocating corruption mm -hmm. advocating that swampy behavior you're talking about president trump today did something striking and really without precedent in the white house or this white house or any white house until now he signaled in plain english that he believes the criminal justice system should not be impartial or apolitical but instead should work for him and his party which sounds completely outlandish until you actually read what he tweeted this afternoon and i'm quoting two long-running obama era investigations of two very popular republican congressmen were brought to a well-publicized charge just ahead of the midterms by the Jeff Sessions Justice Department. Two easy wins now in doubt because there's not enough time. Good job, Jeff. By Jeff, he means the Honorable Attorney General of the United States. Minor detail, his Attorney General, by the way. And keeping him honest, the two investigations were actually begun during his own administration, not the previous one. The congressmen he's talking about are Chris Collins of New York and Duncan Hunter of California. And they were more than just fellow Republicans and political allies. They were also the first two sitting House members to support Mr. Trump's candidacy. Keeping them honest, the president, with that tweet, not only interfered in two active prosecutions, he flat out admitted he was doing it out of partisan political motives. There's really no interpretation needed. He just says so. Two easy wins now in doubt because there's not enough time. Now, it's not clear from the tweet whether he thinks the two shouldn't have been indicted at all or that they shouldn't have been indicted before the voters could reelect them, safely ignorant of the serious charges they face. And just to be clear, they are serious charges. In the case of Congressman Collins, alleged insider trading. As for Duncan Hunter and his wife, the charges include wire fraud, falsifying records, campaign finance violations, conspiracy to convert campaign funds to personal use. Now, you might be saying, well, maybe the president just thinks they shouldn't have been indicted before the election because it's wrong to level serious allegations against anyone so close to Election Day. Keep it honest, he seems to have another standard for Democrats, or at least one Democrat in particular. Hillary Clinton is being protected by a totally rigged system. And now it's up to the American people to deliver justice at the ballot box tomorrow. That's what's going to happen. 
Well, that was Donald Trump just a day before the election, arguing that it was wrong, totally rigged for the Justice Department not to pursue charges against a candidate so close to the vote. He still clearly believes that. Quoting Attorney uh, Joseph DeGeneva, he recently tweeted, quote, Hillary Clinton clearly got a pass by the FBI. As you know, a lengthy uh, investigation found no basis for criminal charges against Clinton. But when lengthy investigations uncovered serious alleged lawbreaking by Congressman Collins and Hunter, it was suddenly wrong to charge them. Again, here's what the president said about Hillary Clinton as recently as last Thursday. I mean, look at what she's getting away with. But let's see if she gets away with it. Let's see. Isn't it just disgusting? This is gross. Let's see if she gets away with it. Don't those people understand that he's just whipping them up into a frenzy? That's a calculated thing he's doing. No. there's no, There's no risk of prosecution of Hillary Clinton. Let's see if she gets away with what? With the investigation that's already concluded that she's not in a position to be criminally charged? Listen, did Hillary Clinton act uh, arrogantly? Yeah. Yeah, she did. Was she, should, should there have there been a consequence? Yeah, maybe. But the Department of Justice has already decided, no, there's not going to be. So all this is is an appeal to his base. Again, the Jeff Sessions crowd that... That the campaign is afoot. That this is this is all about campaigning. This is all about appealing to the base. Mm-hmm. Well, and people like Sean Hannity, Tucker Carlson, uh, Greg Gutfeld. I mean, whoever else is on Fox News regurgitating talking points. Jesse Waters not being a thinker. Um, they are really doing their viewers a disservice. Yeah. By not presenting facts, by not addressing this, by not presenting the level of corruption in the Trump administration that they would be talking about if it were um, from a Democratic administration. And you can say what you will about CNN being biased, but... It it doesn't matter what the uh, the political affiliation is that's in control of the White House. Well, they would be reporting on corruption either way. And there's something unique about these shows on Fox News where that's not what happens. Yeah. With Fox News, it's different than focusing on one thing and then not focusing on another because of time constraints and maybe a misprioritization of what's important. With Fox News, they... They misinterpret, they misreport what's going on, and it's going to be a stark wake-up call for their audience when this shit goes down and Donald Trump either gets impeached and removed or indicted, that they're going to be like, whoa, where'd this come from? I thought this was all fake news. Presidents don't get removed because of fake news, morons. And you're right about Fox doing a disservice to their audience. It's it's not going to go well. Mm Mm-hmm. So, with that, the show went well. Yes. Not as well as it's going to go for those people, but better. Wait, what? If you've, <laughs> if you've made it this far, thank you. And um, if you've made it this far and you're a Patreon supporter, you have a message waiting for you. Oh, you already sent it. Yes. While you, we were doing the show. If you don't have a message waiting for you, um, check to see if you are still an active Patreon supporter. Mm-hmm. Um, because this went to active Patreon supporters. So if you're like your credit card expired and you're no longer, I don't know what word they use in there. Right. Um, but if you, you got to be a current 
active, like you said. Yeah. Anyway, yes, thank you. Um, <laughs> and uh, I don't get alerted when people uh, fix that situation. Um, there's not a feature in there. So uh, I'll just send another message like in a week. I'll, yeah. ju- I'll just send it once a week until the episode. That way, if you you know haven't updated, you still get that opportunity. Maybe maybe that's the way to do it. That or is, is that going to be too it. many messages? No, no, no. no. Once okay. a week is fine. Okay. Uh, that's only, you know, three messages maybe. Okay. It's fine. That's cool. fine. And if not, you know, you, it's easy. You just delete the message. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to leave you there. We love you guys. We'd love to hear from you too. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email those voice memos from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Thank you for joining us today and every day. We'll see you on the other side with episode 445, if you can believe it. I am Jesse Dollimore. That is Brittany Page. And this has been I Doubt. Let the great experiment begin!